This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg with Craig Blumenshine. And drum roll, please. It is also time to say welcome back to a familiar, well-loved voice that has been, frankly, dearly missed on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Sue Balcom for Main Street. Welcome East. back, Sue. <laughs> Thank you guys. Wow, that was quite the introduction, man. I'm almost a little red-faced at the moment. Well, you, um, but it, it would match your hair. It would. It would. I wonder why people think that. I haven't colored them for a long time, and they're not gray yet. So um, I've got a lot of living left to do. Let's put it that way. But do I smell like garlic by any chance? I, Can I, you smell I, me? We can't smell that over oh, over the radio. But why would you smell like garlic, and where have you been? Well, actually, I have been in my garden, among other places, for the past, like, I think since March, probably. I... Um, just got through rearranging my 600 bulbs of garlic before I came over here to do this little segment. And I thought, oh, my gosh, the mosquitoes and the vampires aren't coming anywhere near me for <laughs> days because we had, you know, we had such weird weather and started out the year with all this snow and then all this heat. And so I have been in my garden, but mm-hmm. I have also been other places also. I think um, probably... Let's pick a planet here. Saturn. I've been on Saturn mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, a couple mm-hmm. of months. So um, I lost my voice. Um, and that's kind of why I haven't been on the radio for a while. So shall we start with February? <laughs> well, I think so. How are you feeling yeah. now? Yeah, and wait. Let's, let's work our way backwards. Yeah, let's okay. stop burying the lead, though, actually. Oh, you I'm sorry. Your voice. <laughs> I lost my voice. Why? I lost my voice because um, I wanted to... Back in December, no, actually this has been going on since I retired, which would have been a year ago in April, I have wanted to, before I die, do a half a marathon, you know, and and so I had been religiously going out and walking, doing a little running, walking, doing a little running to try and kind of work my way back up into um, running and losing a little weight, which, you know, everybody loves that feeling. And um, in December, I had to go down to South Dakota to visit my daughter, who just had a baby. Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. She's adorable. Her name is Adania, and she's just a chubby little thing, and I love her a lot. But I I had a cough. I had developed this cough. JC had a cold, and I was coughing a little bit, and I thought, I'm going to go to the doctor, and I am going to... Um, make sure that I'm not going to give that baby any kind of COVID or whatever, you know, because there's still that hanging around in the air. So I went in and the doctor's like, hasn't been long enough. We're going to send you home. So I went down there and my daughter's like, your cough is not getting better. You need to go back to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So I went back to the doctor and this time we did some antibiotics. And then I went back again a, a couple days later and we did a chest x-ray. And it was um, not very good news. Mm. <laughs> so, And it was like something so unexpected in my life because I don't dwell on being sick. I dwell on being healthy. And um, I went from running two miles a day to having a um, lung cancer. Wow. So I had a pretty sizable tumor in my lung. And everybody was like, why did they not find it sooner? Mm. And I said, why would I think that I had to even look for this, you know. So I'm I'm curious, what have you been told about people who live such healthy lives that then, and I had a wonderful friend 
and mentor in Wyoming who had lung cancer. And like you, healthy, all-American wrestler. Surprise, what have you been told about your lifestyle relative to then what you learned? Don't freaking smoke, okay? They, they blame most of the lung cancer, that the kind that I have, on smoking. And I did smoke when I was young. But I also played with a lot of chemicals and things. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is, and I thought about this. I had an aunt. She's a wonderful person. And both her and my uncle, Ed, who have had a huge influence on my life, have both d- gone. Um, and uh, she didn't do anything wrong in her entire life. And so I, you think to yourself, why do people deserve this? Well, it's not Mm. discretionary. Mm -mm. Um, And I think, and I'm going to say this and hope nobody thinks I'm insane, but um, this was God's way of telling me I needed to slow down and build some relationships Mm. because I love to work. I'm a German, and I have no doubt in my mind that it's in our DNA because all of my cousins and some people who actually aren't related to me that come from Wishik are – we're workers, you know, like when we're distressed, we work. When we're happy, mm-hmm. we work. When mm-hmm. we want to cry, we work, you know. That's kind of in my DNA. So I, I just, I have no explanation except that um, I will continue to try to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, my radiologist, doctor of radiology, I don't know what they're called outside of that, he told me I have a lot of life left to live. There's, there's so many new ways to treat cancer. It's just too bad they didn't catch it sooner because I had to go th- I had to go take a trip to did I say Saturn? Mm. <laughs> I lived on another planet for a while. I'm not kidding you. Mm. It was so not like me, but it was necessary. So well, I remember I I called you one day around Easter and it it I've never heard you sound like that. I mean, it was like 1 to 5% level of Sue and the conversation barely lasted a few minutes before uh, you were too tired. Uh, Do you mind if it's not too personal telling our listeners just what the treatment schedule is like? It was like having a job. (laughs) Mm. And I tried to maintain a um, sense of humor because the people at the cancer center in Bismarck, the people at Sanford Cancer Center and all of their radiology department, were, those people were amazing. In fact, I can see why people would feign illnesses because their <laughs> kindnesses are so great. Wow. It, I'm not kidding you. I, I felt so statement. taken care of. Mm. So what happens, first of all, is that you go through this shock, like I woke up one morning and go, Oh, my God, I have lung cancer. Now what am I going to do? And I accepted it. You know, I accepted whatever was going to come next. And so, first of all, you have to have all of these scans, and you have to have all of these tests, and you have to have blood work. And then they actually um, had to do biopsies. So I've had a couple of biopsies. And I had a lot of fun with Dr. Mike. Um, He did a biopsy on a a lymph node in my neck. (laughs) Mm. And I got to watch, and it was hilarious. I, mean, like, <laughs> I was, I was, you I know I was, that. I was partially sedated, right? But we were having this great conversation, and he's like, "Okay, I got to do one more punch," you know. Mm. So they stick this thing in there, um, in that lymph node, and then they 
fire a gun and this thing comes out and grabs a little bit of tissue and it was just hilarious. I mean, like I just started laughing. And so your like, definition of what's hilarious is a little different than mine. <laughs> I'm said, glad you looked at it that way. He said, I just love people like you. And I'm like, that's awesome. Because then after the biopsy, they, they put a sheet over my head and I'm so claustrophobic, you guys. This was Ooh. the worst of it. And, and they had to put a port in. Um, and the port is in my chest, above my breast, and it goes into my um, aorta. There's a, there's a thing there that is really annoying when you want to hold a baby. It gets in mm. the way. Um, and it's uncomfortable and um, necessary because that's how they um, introduce chemicals into your body in a, um, a more safe way. You know, like if, you, if I were to have an intravenous feed on my arm or my hand every time I went in for chemo, then that would have um, – it could have blown and then the chemical gets under your skin. and You know, there's just bad stuff that happens. So I had to do this. And that was like – not so bad, um, except that they don't give out painkillers like they used to. So I went home, and the next day I thought I was going to die because they shoved that thing under your skin. And I liken that to, like, um, when you're making chicken thighs and you want to put some stuffing under the skin over the chicken thigh, you know, that you have to get between the skin and your flesh. And it was awful. Mm. <laughs> it was, it was, if that doctor hadn't been so stinking good looking, it would have really been a bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, I so can't handle you <laughs> So these are all prep things, right? So you have yeah. to prepare yourself for your treatment. And then it's like, wait, wait, wait. I did not have to wait long. I'm going to say that my daughter, who's experience with her husband's cancer side of the family, which is a whole nother story. Um, she said that she was very impressed with how quick they got everything lined up and then the treatment starts. So, it and, was and a- Sue, I just have to interject here. Um, when my mom was, was older and was diagnosed with cancer, that was one thing that we were grateful for, that that part didn't drag out. So good mm. for you. I'm glad that that happened. Because it, it weighs on you. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine. You know, it's like, how fast is this growing? I have a slow-growing cancer, but I had a very Mm. large tumor, which, by the way, is um, we won't know how much it shrunk, but it was half the size when I was done with my radiation. So my body is responding well to the treatment. How big was it? It was like, I think around four centimeters. Um, and then the, which doesn't sound very big. It's about an inch or so, isn't it, Sue? Um, but I, you know what? I was going to look that up. I know I have a tape measure that has Let's see, there's 2.54 centimeters in an inch. So a a little, yeah. Yeah, so so I have um, a PET scan in August that, that will determine just what's going on in there. And, you know, when you don't know, and I feel well, but I'm a little short of breath now and then. Uh, but I've decided to go back and do farmers markets and stuff because my cousin told me that you can't get rid of radiation fatigue unless you motivate. Mm. Like sitting around and yeah. sleeping will not get rid of that fatigue that comes from mental that. health. Yeah, right. Um, I'm, I'm just image searching tumor sizes here, and you'd be right in between about a strawberry and a lime. I mean, that's pretty oh, big that's in a lung. That's huge. But you know what Dr. Reynolds said? He said, oh, no, Dr. Reynolds has a good-looking one? Or? Um, this, they were all, they're, <laughs> they're all fairly, they're so much younger than I am. Oh, well, my gosh, it's that, crazy. How that works. Um, Dr. Days. Reynolds has deep blue eyes that are pretty mesmerizing. 
But he has a nurse named Nicole that is adorable. I love that woman. But she'd always yell at me because I was losing weight. I'm like, I'm trying. But I have to tell you how this radiation thing all started to get to the point where um, they're like, if you're running two miles with a tumor that size, think how far he can run when it's gone. (laughs) You're so positive. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And they gave me permission to exercise as long as I do it slowly. But with farmer's markets, I'm lifting, carrying. You know, my husband is helping me. You're still doing the markets, Uh, I am. I am not doing two a week. I'm doing one a week, and I'm spacing them out a little bit. But I have to get rid of all the stuff in my house that I've been (laughs) saving up for market this year. So um, what do you do with 40 pounds of strawberries except make jelly and sell it? So... I guess, um, yeah. So anyway, let's back up into March again. We start radiation. The first thing you have to do, um, Dr. Reynolds, bless his little heart, made this little motion across his mouth, and he goes, they're going to make a mask for you for radiation treatment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can handle a, a mask. <sighs> he was not being honest about what that was. I have, I'm really claustrophobic. Like my biggest fear is being buried in a coffin alive. And I'm like, please God, don't let that ever happen. But you go in and they do like, um, well, it kind of was like being in a spa at first. And they heat this big sheet of plastic up. And then they put it over your face and you have these two wonderful little AIDS, radiology people, whatever they were, and they're smoothing this down over my face and my neck, all the way down to my breast, um, back of my head, all the way down to the the table I was laying on. And they're just kind of like massaging this thing into the exact shape of my head and my wow. face. And wow. then they took it off and it got cold. And then they said, we have to put this back on and do some scans. And I am like, no, we can't do this. I can't, I can't be under this thing and trapped on this table. It's the sound of those snaps, snapping it to the platform yeah. was horrific. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I made him take it off twice. Mm. Wow. And then finally it's like, you've got to do this. And I said, can I have some drugs? And they're like, you're coming in for 30 treatments at 8 a.m., five days a week. So yeah. it was six weeks of having this Ugh. radiation treatment with this. Uh, it was like a job. It was like a job. It was, it was insane. Um, and my daughter came up to help, and my husband drove me over there, and everybody was very helpful. But they did not know what was going on in the back room, and so I spent a whole weekend in a Zen position, telling <laughs> myself they didn't want to give me drugs because yeah. they said, then you're going to be groggy all day yeah. long. Mm-hmm. You do not want that. Yeah. And so I, would, I sat for a whole weekend. I'm not kidding either. And I said to myself, it's 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can do this. You have to do this. You mm-hmm. can do this. And so at first it was terribly uncomfortable, and I would envision things, you know, they would play um, spiritual music for me. You get to pick whatever music you want to yeah. listen to. Um, and they are so nice and so pleasant about being, you know, like you get a little squeaker toy. If you panic, you get to, you know, squeeze that as fast as you can, and they'll come running. 
Um, one of the things about that mask that really freaked me out, and I hope this doesn't gross anybody out, but during chemo, you know, there's always a chance you're going to be um, sick. Mm-hmm. And that was my worst fear was asphyxiating underneath that mask. Like, oh. I told them that, too. I said, this scares me. And they're like, you're fine. Um, we are going to be here for you. And so, oh, and then you get a massage afterwards once, twice a week. I got well, a massage hey. afterwards. So that was complimentary. Silver lining. And I'm too. like, okay, this works for <laughs> me. All it takes is lung cancer for a suit <laughs> right, to, get to get a break. Free massage. Get a massage. <laughs> Good night. Um, so the radiation treatments, you know, I was tired by the end of the first week. This really is hard on your body, harder than chemo sometimes, really? I think. But I would also have chemo once a week. So it would be double whammy. Oh my gosh! Days, yeah. Sometimes that's all I did was go to the doctor, and I've never gone to the doctor except for wellness checkups. Mm. And I had babies in the hospital, and I had a couple other surgeries in my lifetime. But other than that, I had no experience. The first day I was there at the hospital, um, she's like, "Well, you have to go here, here, and here," and I'm like, "I mm? don't know where that is." You know, it was like they took for granted I had been there before. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're going to have to help me out. And still to this day, I kind of get lost in that big old basement there. But um, they're, like I said, they weren't, they couldn't have been any nicer. They, it was amazing. But, but um, as time, it's the radiation went on, you know, it got worse and worse. And I got a, a burn on my neck. And my esophagus was the collateral damage. Mm. Today's equipment is so precise mm-hmm. that nothing else except what actually needs to be radiated is usually what gets radiated. But I wow. had a little cancer in my lymph node at the base of my neck. And so I had this radiation burn and I couldn't swallow. It, it was so painful to swallow. And then I couldn't talk. Like, people were like, oh, call me. I want to visit with you. I just found out. And I'm like, don't call me. I can't talk to you. It takes too much energy. And so I spent a lot of time um, sleeping and writing. And that was pretty much my life, getting up and then forcing myself to drink water which tasted like pond scum. Oh, Oh my gosh. It was horrible, you guys. Yeah, well, they always say it's really difficult to eat when you're going through these treatments because you just, one, you don't have an appetite, and two, everything tastes like, well, apparently pond scum. Yeah, water, and then coffee. I still can't drink coffee. Really? Hmm. Yeah, that is either good or bad. I don't know. I eat a lot lot of cereal. (laughs) You know, and then, of course, um, my... My uh, daughter and her husband, you know, were very, very supportive during this whole time. He's an anesthesiologist, and, you know, he is around this stuff all the time. And he's like, God, your mom's supposed to gain weight. If I was her, I'd be drinking um, pasta sauce, you know. Right, yeah. Um, Mornay be, sauce or yeah, putting you know, coffee, Alfredo putting ice cream whatever. in my oh, IV. <laughs> ice cream, yeah. Every night we have ice cream hey. cones. We still do. So that's kind <laughs> of like a benefit there. And, you know, um, I don't mind um, losing weight, but if I have to go through this again, like in the near future or in a year or two, Wow. Um, then I will need that weight back. So yeah. I'm kind of working on it, but I have a whole new wardrobe, and it is funky. <laughs> no more black and gray for me. Let hey, me tell right. you. What is your prognosis, Sue? I have no idea. Hmm. They won't tell you anything except oh. you just 
keep motivating. Is well, that kind of frustrating for you, Sue? No. Yeah? Um, I think I'd rather not know. Like, I'm mm. thinking I'm going to die before everybody else does. You know, they're like, oh, you're going to be just fine. And I said, it's not really up to me anymore. And so I have to accept mm. this fact that um, it could go either way. And we are all banking on it being good news. And there are people that live for a long time. But lung cancer is the kills more people than the other three top cancers mm. combined. I've read that. And there is so much more money going into breast cancer research than into lung cancer. So I'm wondering if I shouldn't start advocating a little bit for um, lung cancer. I think you, you are know, right now. Because well, I guess I am. I haven't smoked in years, and I've taken really good care of myself since then. However, um, I do know that being an artist, I have art art friends that have passed away from cancer, like three mm. of them that I can think of right now off the top of my head. We play with chemicals. So there's a chance that all my weaving, all the cotton dust oh, I dear. breathed in, all the dye stuffs I worked with, yeah. you know, that all could contribute to this. Um, in one way or another, but I'm, they've come so far. So I get through radiation, I get through chemo, and now I'm doing something called immunotherapy, which is really expensive and fairly new treatment for lung cancer. So I, um, I still go in once a month for an infusion, which is good because they have a stewardess that walks around and offers you snacks and coffee and water um, continually. So um, they really take good care of you when you're sitting in there watching the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Sue, I'm sorry that we have to cut this off, um, but we have hit our time for today. But we look forward to getting to hear from you once again on a weekly basis. Well, thank you. Welcome back, We have missed you. (laughs) Uh, I think it's the laugh, right? (laughs) (laughs) 